Welcome to this episode of the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Blissbrook. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools on blissbusiness.com. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Richard Brook with Bliss Business. This is another hero call. We're going to be interviewing tonight the beautiful, the vivacious, the massively successful Megan Baldwin from Red Deer, Alberta, who is a young living top leader. Megan already has two kids and is now pregnant with child number three. She's married to Travis. Uh, Her journey in Young Living started with the pregnancy of her first daughter. She's become increasingly aware of all the nasty and harmful chemicals and food in the environment and the products people use on a daily basis, and she just knew she wanted to do something healthy for her and her family. She got involved in Young Living and has grown a team in the last three years to over 9,600 people with over 650 people joining every month. So, Megan, are you here? I'm here. Are you excited? I'm excited. Can you all hear me pretty well? We hear you pretty well. Okay, good. So, Megan Baldwin, tell us your beautiful story, starting with where were you when you were first approached with the Young Living Opportunity, who approached you, and what did they say that got your attention? Well, first off, thank you so much for having me, Richard. It's um, a complete honor to be on the call with you. Um, We've always looked up to you and what you do for our profession. Um, So my journey kind of started when I was pregnant with my first daughter, uh, with our midwives that kind of had um, mentioned essential oils and how they could be beneficial through um, being pregnant and delivery and after birth. So it's something that kind of intrigued me. I was interested in natural health and wanting to make the right choices for my family and just know that I was providing kind of the best healthy lifestyle for them. Um, and we, at the time, didn't really know what to use and what to get. There's lots out there, so we didn't really have specifically. Um, so it was shortly after our daughter was born that we had went to a natural birth um, trade show put on by a local chiropractor, and it was all um, natural health practitioners there. And that's where I ran into my sponsor, Adam Green, and his mother. She is an acupuncturist and physiotherapist um, in a town close to where I live. And they were just kind of educating on essential oils. Um, I was actually busy visiting at the time, and it was my husband that kind of passed by their table and got some information, and he was intrigued right away by what they said. So he came and grabbed me and kind of pulled me over to the table and showed me what, you know, these oils were all about. They kind of said a few things, how it was um, supporting to your body and just... I, it was just the perfect time Come on, for us. that's right, Megan. Tell us the truth. They made a few drug claims, made some <laughs> therapeutic claims for the product. <laughs> totally. They, were, they knew that we were interested, for sure. Uh, sure. 
Uh, well, that just so, goes to show you that you can set up a booth in a trade show and talk about nothing but product. Totally. And that actually works. And mm-hmm. I don't think you'll find that in any book about how to build a network marketing empire that what you ought to do is set up a booth at a trade show and talk about product. Totally. But like, uh, it's just a simple it does concept. work. So, yeah. Megan, tell us about uh, the part that we're interested in is the part about how you or Travis, what was said about network marketing that captured your attention? Or you, or were you just a pure organic, got totally involved with the products, and then just sort of woke up one day to, I guess Our, I'm a network marketer. How did that yeah, happen? It was totally I, an organic experience. Um, we got the product home not really realizing that um, it was a network marketing company. You know, we kind of, I didn't really read all the paperwork that we signed off when we got our kit. So we got it home, started using the product, fell in love with it. And I actually got a follow-up from my sponsor, um, and he had explained, you know, this is um, a network marketing company. Um, you are now an independent distributor. and. Basically, this is what is offered. So it kind of was the opportunity in the follow-up. Um, and at the time, my husband was dead set against it. He was not thinking, you know, this was an avenue that we should take. Um, we had used lots of different companies' products before, and he's a small business owner by trade, so it's just like, you know, this is the avenue that we're taking. We don't need network marketing, basically. So we just started using the product and loving it, and from there I you know, started sharing with people um, and had people come to me interested in the product. And it was actually my sister-in-law and I, Jeline, um, who we just kind of started on this journey together and doing small, um, we call them information sessions, but it's basically a home party and educating on the product. Um, and the biggest thing that was the mindset changer for me Um, was we had went to an event put on by my sponsor, Adam. And one of the things he said was, time is your only limited commodity. Like, what are you going to do with your time? How do you want to spend the rest of your time? And so that really stuck with me of, I want to do something that's meaningful. I want to help people. Um, I want to provide people with whatever they need, whether it be a really great product or if they need the avenue to make extra money, this is the perfect vehicle to do it in. And it doesn't take you know, special skills because anything can be learned. So it was um, a real pivotal moment in my career hearing him speak, and that's kind of what took it to the next level for me. Awesome. So um, tell us about, once you figured out you were in network marketing and it was also about team building, tell us about your stats. How many people did you personally enroll as distributors in your first 90 days once you got started? Do you remember? In the first 90 days, so it was really not that many. I'm thinking... Like I've only in my three years now enrolled just over 70 people. So in those first 90 days, it was probably less than 10. But we consistently enrolled, you know, every single month and started to kind of build a team and a group that were like-minded people that all wanted to kind of share the same 
the same dream. Right. And uh, I'm looking at my notes here, and you told Natalie that by the end of your first year, you'd personally sponsored 19 people. Yeah. And by your, the end of your second year, you'd sponsored, uh, well, actually 43 in your second year. So what was different about your second year than your first year? How is it that you sponsored more than twice as many people your second year? What happened? So in the first year, the, pretty much the first six months, I wasn't really thinking of it as a business. It was more of just, um, I like the product. I'm going to share with a couple of friends, maybe to make a few bucks to pay for my habit. Um, and it wasn't until halfway through that year that I actually started to think more of um, Young Living as a business. So it was the second year that I was really amping it up and ready to go for it. And uh, was that based on the conversation you had with Adam about how you want to spend your time? Yes. So, and because awesome. that, what didn't happen, I enrolled in January, um, and I didn't go to that meeting until it was about May. So it was June the next month that we, you know, my sister-in-law and I decided together, like, let's go for this. Why? What do we have to lose, really? Um, so let's just start, you know, doing home presentations and connecting with people. And we kind of worked together, um, and we got a, you know, a small group of people that we would support, and just kind of it flourished from there. But it was about halfway through the year that I started to think more seriously like a business. Okay. So, folks, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Megan's stats in the four-year career, by the end of her first four years, she had personally sponsored 91 people. So her pace in year three and four, uh, probably about half of year two, the bulk of her people personally sponsored in year two, which is really your first year of engaging in network marketing. Mm -hmm. And so out of those 91 people, so what I love about the 91 number, Megan, is that fits in my claim that I've never met anybody that has personally sponsored about 100 people in their first couple of years, which you're pretty close to that number because you really didn't start till your second year. Yeah. But you've got just under 91 in four years. I've never met anybody that personally sponsored 100 people in the first two or three years that didn't go on to earn $10,000, $20,000 a month, providing they didn't you know, build in some goofy thing, like if they built in a real company and are sponsoring real distributors. So out of those 91 potential leaders, potential business builders, you have six leadership legs, which is about one out of um, 12 or 13 pretty good ratio there. And tell us about those leadership legs. Who are the six people that you found out of the 91 that you sponsored that actually did what they said they're going to do? You know, they not only said, yeah, I'm going to do this, they actually followed up on it and did what they said they're going to do. Tell us uh, about two or three of those people who are they? How did you know them or meet them? 
And what have they accomplished so far? You can pick your top two or three leaders if you want. Okay. So the first one would be my sister-in-law, Jolene. And she is unreal. Like she, um, she really has a love for the product, for people, for God, for just sharing this whole vision. And we started this journey, you know, kind of together and working together. And she basically, like, she just goes for it. She doesn't, you know, if she gets a no, she keeps going. Um, she's been very um, consistent in her efforts of what she does and just really started to learn about, you know, we got into the business. We didn't know anything about network marketing. So it was all about learning um, more about the business, learning about the craft. Um, we do. We are very fortunate because we have an excellent sponsor who has modeled that for us. So it, you know, he's kind of paved the way to teach us, you know, the best books to read, like the Four Year Career, and how to, you know, teach that model of duplication within your group. So Jaleen is um, just an unreal leader. She's totally stepped up in every avenue, um, and she has just basically paved the way for her group. Um, another fantastic leader is, um, her name is Cassie. And Cassie, we didn't even know each other all that well um, in the beginning. We just kind of met through a mom's group, and I just casually shared with her at kind of a play date that we did, not really knowing that she would um, take the business kind of take the bull by the horns and just run with it, but she got the product, and she was basically the type of person from day one, she was going to do this as a business. She was going to treat it as a business and make the goals, and she set out to do that. So she's um, just kind of helped her team grow. Um, she continues to stay engaged and kind of not... Um, you know, some people think if I put effort in for this month, then I can take the next month off. You know, it doesn't really work that way. We need to have that consistent effort. So she's been another kind of shining star in my group that's just been in it from day one and really stayed focused and thinking of it long term and not just these, this short-term gain. Tell us, uh, Megan, if you can, because I think this will be inspiring for people. So your business is only... Uh, four or five years old now. Uh, tell us about the size and the scope of these two people you've talked about so far, Kathy and your sister-in-law. So they're two of your best leaders. Yeah. You've got over 9,000 people in your group. Do they have like 500, 1,000, 2,000 people? What's the size and scope of their they group? Have, I'm just going to pull that up. So Jolene has over, um, she is definitely the power leg in my group. She's about, so I'm just over 10,000 people now. And oh, Jolene well, is 8,000 of that. Since you filled out the, since you filled yeah. out the form a month ago, you've got 1,000 more people in your group. <laughs> I love that. It's crazy. So, yeah, Jolene has a group of about 8,000 people, and we've built up in her group alone. We have um, many leaders budding in that group as well, which is incredible. Um, Cassie. She, she's kind of your Jerry Shop. She is. She totally is. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, tell us about Kathy. And in Cassie's group, she's actually only um, right now, not only, I should say, but she has a group of 1,200 people. And she is That's the rank beautiful. of silver with Young Living and working up to gold. So she's been, you know, consistently putting in the effort. 
So it's the cool thing about it too is, you know, it, it's amazing to have these big numbers, but you don't always need the big numbers to have a good group and to have people that, you know, are going to make a difference. It's you just need people that are going to work with you, and you know, the quality people that are going to put in the effort. Um, yeah, your group your group is very productive. You've got ten thousand people, and that's total, so they're not all active every month. Right. But your group is doing uh, about five million dollars a year in sales, which you know that's the size of a small network marketing company. Mm-hmm. And you bringing uh, what did you say? You're bringing in like six to seven hundred new people a month. I mean, that's yeah. more people, Megan than most network marketing companies as a whole company recruit. You've got a stellar business there, and it's only four years old. Yeah. Hold on a second. Hold on. <laughs> I am on a conference call with a whole lot of people. Okay, then I should keep my mouth shut and leave. How about I call you as soon as the call's over? Okay. <laughs> Life. I love it. That yeah. was my 86-year-old mother, Aileen, Aww. for That's those so of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she doesn't understand the concept, really, of conference calls. Yeah, she's like, why are so, you working in the evening? <laughs> <laughs> right. So back to you, Megan. Uh, tell us, Megan, what is... Of all the things you've done strategically, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done? What is the thing that you did that was the biggest mistake that cost you either the most money or maybe it cost you credibility, maybe it cost you reputation, maybe it cost you integrity, maybe it cost you your health? What's the biggest mistake Megan has made? Well, I am sure I've made plenty. Um, I would say the biggest mistake I've made is really not, in the beginning, not thinking of it as a business um, and not having that serious this is a business um, aspect to it. And the other thing is would be just having really short-sighted goals. Um, I never fathomed what network marketing could do for a family. Um, so I had such short goals of, you know, I just want to get a couple hundred bucks to pay for my product and I just want to get to the next rank. Not thinking about the big picture and how I could plan this as a long-term, um, you know, retirement fund or, you know, how I can help people long-term. So I think it's, you know, I cost myself probably probably a lot by just thinking so short-sightedly and not having, you know, a bigger vision and a bigger picture of what um, network marketing has yeah. to offer. I, I want to give you uh, a, uh, an analogy for that for everybody on the call that might prove useful, but don't beat yourself up too bad there, Megan, because you didn't know anything about network marketing and you weren't looking for a financial opportunity and you and Travis already had a business and your organic slow evolution into becoming a network marketer is is a normal thing and it's beautiful. But I, I, I want to give the group uh, a tool 
for thinking about, and sometimes if a prospect or even one of your new distributors is in the right frame of mind, you can share this concept with them. And it might be a little difficult to grasp, grasp just talking about it, so this might be something that you sketch out on paper after the call and just think about it. So, Megan, you got kind of a slow start, sponsored 19 people when your first year you really should have sponsored 30 or 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's not like you blanked your first year, but I'll bet you didn't have a very big team by the end of your first year because of that slow start. And so this analogy doesn't totally apply to you because you did have some good stuff going on. Uh, and you sponsored 19 people. And I don't know if you had 500 or 1,000 people by the end of your first year, but whatever you had, here's how the concept plays out. Whatever you left on the table, whatever growth you missed that first year, and, uh, a simpler way to look at it is if you're talking to a new distributor or a prospect, and they say to you, you know what, um, I'm going to sign up next month. You know, I'm going to get started, you know, when the contest starts, or I'm going to get started, you know, when I have the best opportunity for to take advantage of all the bonuses. So I'm going to wait a month, or I'm going to wait a month because, you know, I got to get collect a few more round to it before I actually engage. And you can't always use this analogy with people because you got to have a good relationship with them. But if you have a good enough relationship, you could sit down and you could, you could sketch this out with them. And you might start by asking them a question. So, Megan, if you said, you know what, I'm going to get started a month from now instead of now, and this is kind of like you getting a slow start your first year, what I want you to think about as a training exercise for people in the future is how much money that costs you. And the magnitude of it is staggering when you apply the lost geometric progressions or compounding to the wait period or the, or the slow start. So somebody tells you, you know, I'm going to get started next month. If you have a good enough rapport with them and you can have some fun with them, you might ask them something like, so Megan, um, Let's say you do this business, you, you work the business, and you get paid for the next 10 or 20 years. What do you think might be your biggest income month in your entire career? Just pick the peak best month you're ever going to have, just you know, whatever your expectations might be. Now, if I were to ask you that, Megan, what would you say? If I were to pick my in, income-wise, the biggest month you're ever going to have in the rest of your career. Um, November. No, no, think future. Oh. From from here for the next. I mean, you're young. You're in your thirties, aren't you? You think for the next thirty years. What do you think the biggest income month is you're ever going to have? And I know you don't know, but entertain everybody and guess. Ten years in. Sure. Pick ten years in. How much money? 
let's say, 200000 a month. Yeah. So let's say you're telling me, uh, you know what, uh, I've only got one round to it, and I'm going to get started when I get three of them. And so uh, give me a month. And what I would say is, no problem, Megan. I get it. However you want to work this out, uh, what is it that, you know, you got to do for the next month? And you'll say, well, you know, i got to groom the cat, mow the lawn, and take my kids to school, and knit a sweater for my great aunt. Uh, no problem. So you're okay if that costs you, I wouldn't say 200 grand because a new person wouldn't have any idea what we're talking about, but you're okay if that costs you 20 grand? Mm -hmm. <laughs> People I go, not. huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the shortcut analogy. Every month you wait, every year you screw around thinking about it, working on it, getting ready, organizing your paper clips, getting trained before you actually pull the lever on building an empire. Every month you wait costs you forever. Whatever amount of money the largest month is you'll ever have in your career. Hmm. And why is that? Because you can't ever get that month back. And the ripple effect of geometric progressions, it's not, it's not $200 that you lose because that's what you would have earned your first month. It's $200,000. Mm -hmm. Not that you won't earn two hundred grand a month after, but you can't ever get the month back that you procrastinated. You can't ever get that year back. So your slow start, Megan, could have easily cost you $200,000. Not in year one, but in year 10, mm -hmm. year 20. So tell us what's the smartest thing you did in your career, either to build relationships that made you money, that built a team, that gave you peace and health? I think it was really, yeah, it came down to creating those relationships. Like um, being a young mom, like in the beginning, it was kind of a nice out of, I get to go out for the evening. I get to meet some really great people. And it came to be the most fun thing that I got to do is have these rich relationships where we're all having fun. It was such a community and a team of people that we got to work with that it was just it was so fulfilling to um, work with these women and some men that would join us. Um, so I think a lot of it was just the fulfillment that I got. Um, and what yeah. did you do, Megan, what did you do as an art, as a commitment, as a contribution, what did you do that was smart to build those relationships? I think it was keeping the constant connection with them and, you know, following up with them, reaching out, working together and having that community of, uh, of working together, you know, we do a lot of just the simple home presentations. So we'd always kind of we'd get a couple people, do it together, and go as a team, and then meet the new people. So I think it just 
made it fun and it created that bond of not just this isn't just for work it's you know these are lifetime friendships that we've made and connections with people so i think that just made it a, more powerful that way mhm and what are some of the ways that you stayed in touch with people or are you talking about people that um got in the business, obviously, but what did you do with people that said maybe, and what did you do with people that said no? Um, So the people that would say, I usually kind of just put it aside and wait for another opportunity when they might be ready. I still have a lot of people in my life that are kind of in the maybe and the no, Um, I don't reach out to them every week or every month, um, but I kind of wait for that opportunity and continue um, building relationships with them. Some of them are family and friends that just aren't quite ready for the opportunity. Um, So some of it is letting them kind of see how my life has changed and then get them interested. But I usually kind of just have a list of people that I want to reach out to and, and contact um, by either a phone call or just getting together um, for a coffee or a play date and talking about life and reconnecting that way and then bringing up what I'm doing. And that can sometimes get them reinterested and thinking about the possibility of joining, um, even for just trying the product if they're not quite ready for the network marketing leap. What is the biggest objection you get about network marketing? Oh, of course it's the pyramid scheme. Isn't it one of those? <laughs> those crazy pyramid schemes? I think a lot of it is just people not quite understanding, right? So it's slowly educating them on um, what it is all about. It's creating a network of people. and great Corporate America is a pyramid scheme, people. (laughs) You know, it's kind of trying to have them change their mindset. It is all about the mindset, right? So um, when people kind of have that change of mindset, that's when they start to be a little bit more open to to what what you have to offer. Yeah. So um, I bet people would like to know, you started this business uh, pregnant with first child, had that child, had a second child, now you're having a third child. Uh, Somewhere in there you personally sponsored 43 people in one year. How did you juggle newborn young children? Travis was definitely not a house husband. Uh, How did you manage that? How did you actually juggle the kids and prospect enough people to sponsor that many people mm-hmm. so well when I first actually was introduced my daughter my first daughter was four months so and I never seriously did much with the business until June so a few months in so she was that little bit older so I just kind of used every moment I had I would you know Travis's my husband's job is during the day so he was home in the evening so it'd kind of be like high five at the door I would go out and do a meeting he would stay home with the baby and we kind of did that back and forth um, and then during the day we I would make it kind of more of a family thing so I would bring my daughter with me and do um, meetings with moms if other moms had kids and they were okay with me bringing my daughter then I would do that 
um, and then really took advantage of, I have to say it is easier with one. <laughs> um, I took advantage of, you know, having those quiet moments when she's having a nap or something, and I, I dedicated myself to, you know, when I had those quiet moments that I was either going to uh, connect with somebody or listen to a recorded conference call or just be learning either about the business or about my company so that I, w- I would feel more confident. Um, and we just we continue to make it a family affair. Um, just a few weeks ago, we flew out to Ontario, and um, my husband has a whole bunch of family there that I've never met in the years that we've been together. So we took the whole family. We stayed with family while we, while we were there, planned three meetings, and it's like we just did the family stuff around it. And I would slip out for two hours to do a meeting, come back home, you know, spend that time. So it's great because it can be, you know, you can make it a lifestyle of it, if, as long as you're dedicated and you set the times that you need to, to do your business, you can work all the family stuff around that. Um, and if you do it smart and teach that um, model of duplicating, like the four-year career, you, what you do in your time can really multiply. So it's really mm-hmm. about teaching yeah. people how to do it right from the beginning, too. And that just made the hugest difference for me is I am only one person. I, I can only be in so many places. But if I can continue to teach everybody in our team to kind of do the same thing that I'm doing, which is a really simple concept, um, it's amazing what can happen. Yeah. So what you've done, you did really smart there, Megan. Uh, you turned what most people would see might call a debilitating liability of I don't have time, I'm in overwhelm, and you you turned that into um, whenever there was a moment, you took full advantage of the moment. But no pleasure coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I can imagine people that have lots of time would not be nearly as productive as you were because when you have lots of time, you don't tend to seize the moment. Oh, and totally. And everybody has the same amount of time, you know. I I do hear that excuse a lot is the time excuse with people, and everybody's busy. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, whether you have kids or you don't or you're retired, everybody is busy. Everybody has lots of stuff to do. Um, It's just about making those commitments, and if it is important to you, you'll make it happen. So it's really about setting your priorities of, you know, what are your priorities? How are you going to make those fit? And, you know, if, if family is your first priority, that's okay. You plan your family time first and you make those commitments and where you have those openings of time, that's where you can fit in doing a little bit of business. And it doesn't have to be 40 hours a week when you start. That's kind of the beauty of our business is, you know, some people can only do five hours a week and that's okay. It's you just you make that plan for those five hours and I think it's about making it count too. So, um, having those only those few hours, you know, browsing on Facebook isn't really going to build your business. You know, you have to make those connections You're and watching and what everybody else is doing. <laughs> totally, and I'm so guilty of it. And especially the bigger group you have, you end up being a little bit more of a manager sometimes and like administrator of trying to keep things all, you know, going. But it's important to keep in your mind um, and focus and. Um, 
like our, my leader, Adam, always drives in, are you doing an income-producing activity? Like, is this going to produce you income? So if you're just on Facebook posting something, you know, it's probably not. But if you're making a, a connection or a care call or you're going to do an hour meeting with a group of people, you know, those are activities that are going to produce you that future income and that are going to make a difference. So in the future, you will have that more time to, um, you know, not put in as many hours. Tell us how you use the For Your Career book because your team, your sponsor, Adam, I think you guys have gone through something like 45,000 books mm-hmm. in the last year and a half. How do you use it and what benefit have you found it to be? So I use it a lot in once I get somebody enrolled in the business or just enrolled using the product, and they have just somewhat of an interest, I usually I gift a lot of people the four-year career, um, let them read it, or I'll lend it to them, have a read, let me know what you think. Um, I think it's a really fantastic tool because it, most people that, especially the people like me that join just for the product and aren't really seriously thinking about the business, it just kind of opens your mind to what the possibilities are because I think it's so common that people don't actually know. So we, and a lot of it is recognition too. We do some recognition with our team and we'll actually gift them to people. Um, Most people that earn even the first rank in Young Living sometimes is by accident, which is really cool. So when they're getting a gift or a recognition and they happen to get the four-year career, you know, it's sometimes it's just that reading that powerful book is what changes their mindset to get them to go for it. Um, It's an amazing tool and I think it's, it's the coolest thing is is now that we have the Young Living Edition, it's powerful for people to read stories of everyday people. Like we are just normal. There's really nothing special about us. Um, you know, the stories that are featured are a lot of different um, age groups. So there's, you know, Adam, my sponsor, who's only 25 years old, and then there's um, a young couple that's in there that have four children. My sister-in-law is now featured in the book as well, and they have three children. So um, plus there's a retired couple. Like, you know, it has all walks of life, so it can really touch with anybody and kind of give, show them what's possible. Right. <clears throat> so, Megan, when, when, you're, when you've got somebody that's deeply steeped in the product, they really love the product, what do you say to them about network marketing, about the opportunity and how network marketing works? What do you, what do you, what's your best examples that open people's eyes that if they can move beyond the product, taking the product with them and build a team, that that team can end up being you know, hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people. And what are some of the analogies or examples or visuals and storytelling that you use to introduce people to the idea of network marketing? Hmm, That's a good question. Um, Usually in the beginning, it's um, kind of just explaining to them they have – a really great tool and a really great product. So by them just using it and not telling anybody about it, it's doing a lot of people a disservice. Um, for one, because we do have a fantastic product like many companies out there, but two, of earning money, 
um, a lot of people can use an extra couple hundred dollars a month and it can make a significant impact. So usually what I'm kind of explaining it to people is, you know, you have something that you love and that can potentially benefit other people. So why, you know, why are you not sharing it with them? What do you have to lose by not sharing it with them? So just kind of explaining that they, you know, they have that opportunity to do it. Um, and then a lot of it is introducing the four-year career to really show them this is what can actually happen with your business if you take it, you know, seriously. What do you love best about your whole network marketing experience? What, like if, if, if I were to ask you, what is your favorite thing? What's the biggest pay value that you've received? And, and don't be shy about saying the money if it's the money. What is the biggest pay value you have earned by doing the work to build an empire? What do you love most about what you've built and created? Well, there's so many things. I think the first thing would be the impact on the people that have come into our business. Um, just getting the phone calls of people that are so excited, for one, just by using the product, but two, by being but not worried about you know, their husband potentially losing their job because they do have an extra stream of income. Like that's a really powerful thing, especially in, you know, in our economy right now with all of the layoffs. Like a lot of our Young Living members aren't as worried because they have that extra stream. So it just it gives me so much joy to know that people have that stability. Um, and the other thing too is I – was raised, and they don't teach this in school, too, is about finances. I wasn't really ever taught a lot about finance, um, and it all came down to my parents weren't either. Like, it just wasn't something that was brought down in our family. So I had got into working in a financial institution, so I started learning a lot more about finance and how to be smart with money. I got myself into a little bit of debt when I was, like, first 18, so I knew kind of what that was all about. And I, I had in my mind, too, that I, I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be that, um, especially women, I didn't want to be that lady that just, you know, something happens, your husband passes away, you never know, and you have nothing. And what do you do with your, you know, your children? So I knew I wanted to be smart about my finance and be smart about um, planning for my future. So I think when I started to see what the income value was with Young Living and actually see that it was substantial, I was like, okay, this is a really important thing to keep working at. Um, I also want to be able to give back to people and have that um, joy and not have to worry about it and be able to, um, you know, support family and friends if they need it. So I think that's just a really, you know, strong thing that was, kind of embedded in me is I, I wanted to find that success. I always looked up to people that were successful um, and knew that that was something that I wanted out of my life. Got it. Um, so I'm going to package this next question with uh, some assertions. Uh, you and I have spent uh, some precious time together, so mm -hmm. I have a sense of you and then a month later, I spent some precious time with Travis. <laughs> um, so you have built a um, perfect four-year career. 
where you have a business doing about $5 million a year in sales. Uh, on hero calls, we don't ask people what their income is, and we don't talk about incomes, but we give people a clear picture by, you know, if you've got 10,000 people in your group uh, and you're doing $5 million a year, I think most people can figure out that you're making more than two grand a month. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you were making 10, which I, I kind of think you're making a lot more than 10, but if you were making 10, Megan, in the kind of business that you have, which, you know, you, uh, you told me uh, today on we had this, this uh, coaching team call we were on, and you said, you know, you took a month off, and uh, that's not, not something you've really thought about doing in the past in your first four years. But the fact that you can take a month off or take six months off, and your income would at least stay flat, uh, to qualify for residual, your income can't actually grow. It needs to stay flat. But if you're making ten or fifteen thousand dollars a month in pure residual income after four years, you've created a net worth of two or three million dollars. And I suspect yours is higher than that. So my question is. Do you recognize in your body that in the last four years on a part-time basis you've become a multi-multi-millionaire? Do you recognize it? And where do you see it going in the future? So the first question is sort of a yes or no. You can dialogue on it a little bit. Just curious if you realize the magnitude of wealth that you've created, and where do you see it going in the future? So honestly, I would say no. It's still kind of, <laughs> um, you know, we don't wake up in the morning thinking, you know, we are these special people. You know, like it's it's definitely not something that. I'm consciously aware of. Um, you're the you're the multimillionaire young living. Uh, you're the young living multimillionaire next door. Yeah, I guess so. It's and to me it just sounds crazy because I just feel like you know the everyday stay-at-home mom. You know I don't feel any different than all the friends that I hang out with um, that do not have network marketing businesses. Um, but where, so where do you see it going in the future? I, I want to have people have the success that I have, and more than that. I, you know, it's so empowering to, especially as a woman, to be able to contribute to your household and to feel like you have value to your house. And, you know, I can, I can take my family on a trip if I want to or – um, one of the biggest things that, you know, purchases we made was a holiday trailer that, you know, last year um, I just said to my husband, I really want to do this for our family because we can go on family trips. And that was a really cool thing to be able to do. And I want other people to experience that. Like my biggest, 
joy would be is I can bring up my team so that they can all be successful. I don't want to be sitting at the top all by myself. I want to have friends to be able to enjoy it so that we can be able to give back to other people. Um, so I'm just, I really want to raise people up and raise the profession up of um, what the possibility is and how amazing it is. You know, it's, with network marketing, it's, there are a, sounds like a lot of people doing it, but in the scheme of the population of the world, it's not. And more people need to know about it. So I think that's just my biggest thing for the future is um, continuing to be an advocate for network marketing and help people you know, find their success in the business. Got it. <clears throat> uh, last question. Um, you're, you might be the only person um, that is a Bliss Retreat graduate that I've interviewed on a Hero Call. <laughs> um, a few of them I interviewed before we uh, launched these retreats. So you came and spent... <clears throat> Uh, four or five days with Kimmy and I, and then a month later, Travis came and spent four or five days with us uh, and uh, along with other top leaders from a variety of network marketing companies. Uh, tell people what you learned in that experience. It was a very powerful experience. It was actually not what I expected at all. I thought it was all about, you know, learning more about the business, right? But a lot of it is um, learning about yourself, which is really the hardest thing, um, but is the most rewarding in the end. Um, but one of the biggest things is the only thing that's holding you back is you. We're the problem, really. We're the one that has, you know, we're crippled by fear, um, which I still can be. So I think it's the biggest thing is trying to overcome that. Um, everybody's still going to have those fears. We're still going to have challenges. But I think it's just embracing those fears and challenges, um, stepping into it, and learning about yourself and how you can overcome. Every time you face one of your fears and you know you get up on stage and you talk to a bunch of people or you just have that one-on-one -on -one meeting or that phone call, every time you have that fear and that shudder, if you just get into it, the first 30 seconds are the hardest, and once you keep going, you know, it, it, it's a lot easier. Um, we all stumble. We're all going to fall down. We're all going to have no's and make mistakes, but I think it's just continuing to keep going and keep persevering um, and really just working on yourself. And I think for me it's definitely still the beginning of my journey. Um, I still have a lot of work, a lot of, you know, reflection to do and personal development, but I think it's, it's a lifetime journey when it comes to that. Um, you can always be better the next day and, you know, work on being a better person and just a better version of yourself. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, getting through those fears and trying to change your mindset. Um, we talked a lot about, you know, the story that you tell yourself. So what, what happened to you that you have this story that you're telling yourself you're either not good enough or you're not smart enough or you don't have the skills to do it. You know, why are you telling yourself that story? Is it in fact even true or is it just something you've made up from your circumstance? So it's changing that story and having it so that you, it's empowering to you. Um, you want to have that positive self-talk and um, motivational um, 
quotes and stuff that you can read to keep you inspired to keep going. Um, so, yeah, those are the kind of the biggest things that I've taken away. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, Megan, you have a, uh, a wonderful story. It's, it's uh, kind of low-key, but I love how it's so integrated into just normal life. I mean, integrated into having three children and integrated into, you know, another business that you and your husband have and mm-hmm. how you just organically came into the profession through the products. And, and you were fortunate to have somebody like Adam Green who, uh, you know, is, is such an epic story in network marketing. He's 25 years old and, you know, he's just built this, fantastic empire and almost exclusively by recruiting moms. <laughs> moms uh, are where it's at. <laughs> yeah. And so you were, of course, fortunate to have somebody that served you so well with his vision and his leadership and his mentorship. Mm-hmm. But I thank you for sharing your story. I, I believe people will listen to Hero Calls, you know, not only tonight, not only on the replay for the next three or four days, but these are the kind of things that uh, people listen to all over the world five or ten years from now because these stories aren't dated. If somebody's, if somebody's in their first year or their second year and they have not, and they really want to build an empire and they haven't done it yet, it's not because they, they don't have the skills it's because they just don't believe it's inevitable mm-hmm. for them. They just, it just hasn't clicked yet. And it's, it's all about belief. And so the more stories that we can listen to, the more variety of stories that we can listen to with different people in different circumstances from different parts of the country. I mean, you're in Red Deer, Alberta. How many people live in Red Deer? <laughs> people don't even know where that is. <laughs> No. How many people live there? Uh, we have about 100,000. What? Yeah. It's not that Wow, that's, that's like a metropolis. <laughs> I thought it was a little tiny town. But you are out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a phenomenal story, and I appreciate you sharing it, Megan, and I trust that people that are listening tonight will pay these calls forward and share them with their teams and train their teams to listen to them over and over and over and over and over again because mm-hmm. it's that space repetition that teaches us to believe. Totally. Thank you, Megan Baldwin. Great Thank network you. marketing, blitz business hero. We appreciate oh, you. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for Good night, everyone. I appreciate it. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. For more invaluable training tools such as audios, videos, and of course his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.